All right, Thursday night and we are live. Hope everybody's doing good. As always, be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Just a couple things off the pregame there. I just found it hysterical. We have a criminal subpoena for Nancy Pelosi. She's got one of her staffers reading that she's being criminally subpoenaed. And she labels herself honorable. I mean, that drives me absolutely nuts. So you have somebody in our country who loves to slaughter the unborn, who's ushered us into uh, $33.3 trillion worth of debt, calls herself honorable. I mean, it just, it really is amazing to me. That's how it always is. Whenever you see them with their placards, whenever they're testifying, it's just like Hollywood. They're always honoring themselves. How about you let somebody else call you honorable? Because nobody will call you honorable outside of the Democratic Party. Just kind of funny. I know that seems really uh, small, but I just had to just notice that to say something about it. In the last, one of the last, off the pregame, last thing off the pregame, what the new Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, said, talking about our debt, as I said, $33.3 trillion. It was just $33.1 trillion, like a day ago. Now that's $33.3 trillion. Remember, again, I know it's redundant for those of you that watch the podcast all the time. 439 people on right now at the very beginning of the show. Love you all. Appreciate you all. If you're watching on any other platform, switch over to Rumble. I'm not making any money off of Rumble. Switch over to Rumble. It's the only free, sports, uh, free speech uh, streaming platform out there. Switch over to Rumble. Got to. Got to do it. You got you to join these... these uh, Parallel economy organizations that we have out there, Mammoth, uh, Public Square, all these different parallel economy organizations. We've got to switch from Amazon to Public Square to Mammoth. We've got to switch over to Rumble. Listen, it's not about keeping the left out. They're all welcome to come in. It's about us existing on our own where we're not being leveraged into the behavior that they want, to, want, us, to, uh, want us to have. Just the last thing on Mike Johnson, he said that over the next two quarters, we have to borrow just the next two quarters. Remember now, we're $33.3 trillion worth of debt right now. Over the next uh, two quarters, that, that's merely six months, six months from now, just to fund our government. And again, what are you receiving from this? What, what exactly, I'll ask anybody in the room here, what have you received from the government? You received absolutely nothing. Only one who's ever worked for the government in here is Will, and he got paid for doing a certain job as a Marine. He doesn't get any benefits from the government. There's nothing, there's, he, gets, he gets nothing, I get nothing. Uh, when I really needed them the most, FEMA, they didn't do much. So I, what do we get out of it? So the next six months, the government's going to borrow $1.4 trillion to fund itself. <laughs> to fund it. What are we getting? What, what, are you, what are you getting? I'm getting absolutely nothing. They're just, they're just sending money to buy solar panels from China, various green energy things, uh, welfare, welfare fraud, everything else, various COVID expenditures, $1.4 trillion dollars to fund itself they have to borrow now that's not the money they're spending that's what they're borrowing that they have to borrow <laughs> yeah to meet their budget it's not what, exactly what they're spending that's not their total expenses over the next six months it's not 1.4 trillion dollars probably four trillion dollars and they have to borrow 1.4 of the four trillion so that'll bring us up to a glorious 34.7 trillion dollars 3.48 trillion dollars that's where we're going to be I mean, it's really, I mean, it's truly unreal. And all of these people, again, Nancy Pelosi calls herself honorable. These are our leaders. And I, I saw some tweets out today. People maligning Mike Johnson. Oh, Tom's all on board with Mike Johnson. I'm not all on board with anybody. If you do right, I'm going to acknowledge that you're right. I'm gonna, if you're somebody who operates in the right at a high percentage level, I'm on your side. Mike Johnson is right on a high percentage level, dead wrong on Ukraine, Dead wrong, dead freaking wrong in Ukraine. He's just, he, I don't know why he is either either 
is purposely staying ignorant on it, is too afraid of the political ramifications of not funding Ukraine, whatever. He's completely wrong on Ukraine, but he's completely right when it comes to this budget stuff. And we need to be, we need to be talking about it. I mean, in, in six months from now, remember I told you this before, usually it'd be, okay, where when we started this podcast and it was less than four years ago, yeah. 40, 44 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. When we started this podcast less than four years ago, we were about 25 trillion in debt. 24, wow. 25 trillion in debt. We are now $33 trillion in debt. Wow. And four years later, it used to be that, you know, you were, you say you were 17 trillion in debt. Three years later, you're $18.2 trillion in debt. Four years later, you're $20 trillion. Now we're doing a trillion every three months because we were a trillion dollars. We were, again, I know you've heard this for those of you that watch podcasts all the time, but in June, we were $31 trillion in debt. In June, in June, we were $33 trillion. Now we're, now we're almost $33.5 trillion in debt. Six months from now, we will be $34.7 trillion in debt in six months from now, if they don't add more onto this. So we need, we need to be, and this is why there's hyperinflation. It's all on purpose. Hyperinflate the currency, make it unaffordable for you to buy clothes, buy groceries, rent a home, buy a home so that you have to go to the government for their solution. Then they can manipulate your behavior. All right, let me hop into this tonight. Let's cover Hamas. I really don't, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Everybody already knows where I stand on all this. I, I am in 100% support of Israel destroying Hamas. 100% support of, of Israel supporting Hamas. Now, does that give people like Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell and Chucky Schumer and the Honorable Nancy Pelosi to now uh, to feed their the industrial war complex, start a war with Iran, uh, increase the war uh, in the Palestinian area, increase the war into Syria, whatever. Of course it does. That doesn't negate the very fact that Israel needs to destroy Hamas. Well, Tom, what if the, what if it was all instigated by Mossad? What if it was all, and I know this is redundant for those of you who watch the podcast, what if this is, what if it was instigated by the CIA? Because we know that the Israeli government was warned three days in advance this was going to happen, the raid on 10-7. We know they were warned three years in advance that they were going to do this. We know that it was an Iranian orchestrated and funded and planned attack. We know all of that. So, how, how did it get past some of the most complex intelligence agencies on the planet? Mossad probably being the most complex. Uh, basically, it's unexplainable. But, so it leads to this was potentially instigated to increase into a larger war. Very possible. Okay, you have to walk the fine line. You have to walk in specificity. It can't just be, well, you know what? I stand with Hamas because this could have been orchestrated by Mossad. Right. So you're going to stand with rapists? People who pinned women down and raped them. You're going to stand with them because Mossad may have instigated it? Uh, you can't. You have to walk in specificity. You have to say, even if it was instigated by the CIA, even if it was instigated by Mossad, even if it was instigated by the globalist uh, security state, fine, but Hamas still rape people and cut people's heads off. They're going to have to pay for what they've done because even if they were a tool, they're still evil. So they have to pay. So I just want everyone to know, do I want us to fund? I don't want any money other than the usual money that we send to Israel. They're not asking for more funds. They're not asking for our military intervention. 
They're not asking for our naval fleet to go over there. They're not asking. They don't want us over there because they want to do what they want to do. I don't blame them. Would you want a bunch of transgender activists like uh, Mark <laughs> Milley over there? He's got white rage and he wants to understand it. You really want him to be over there uh, supervising your Hamas, uh, your attack on Hamas? You really want Lloyd Austin over there who likes to fund drag shows on American basis <laughs> over there? You really want his tutelage? Oh, Marky, Lloydy, Mackenzie. You know, the very ones who knew 12 hours in advance the Unabomber's going to the Abbey Gate, killed 13 Americans. Those You really want those idiots over there? Nobody wants the idiots over there. You really want our, our current uh, Secretary of the Navy over there who runs our ships right into each other? Like a, We're like the three stooges of a Navy right now. <laughs> you really want that with record low recruitment, transgender everywhere. I, I could play you one soldier video after another yeah. of our soldier. Why, why aren't they corrected? Why aren't they corrected for putting out transgender videos of themselves all over TikTok? You really want them, sewer? This is this Israel, really the IDF, they really want Mark Milley over there. Mark Milley, who's got more ribbons than Dwight D. Eisenhower, has never done a thing in his life, never accomplished a thing in his life. Here's Lloyd Austin. What has Lloyd Austin ever accomplished? He works for the DOD. Then he goes over and works for Honeywell. Then he works for, he works for Honeywell. Then he goes back to the DOD and secures more contracts for Honeywell. Then he goes over to Honeywell, secures more contracts to the DOD. That's all he does, personal enrichment. The endless circle bleep, the endless symbiote. Really think they, this is why Israel doesn't want us over there. But I'm fine with our usual, I don't agree with the 14 billion. Just say, I'm walking the line. And everybody else would be afraid, oh, we need to support it. I do, we do support Israel. I stand with Israel, period. I'm a born again Christian. I'm a Bible believing Christian. I stand with Israel, the Lord for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. For you have made your people Israel, your very own people, and you, Lord, have your very own people forever, forever, for you. <laughs> Think about that now. Second Samuel, or first, or, I can't remember what's first or second Samuel, 7:24. For you have made your people Israel, your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. So I stand with Israel because I stand with God. I'm scared of God. I'm not going to stand against Israel. You stand against Israel, you're an idiot. I'm not saying it now. That doesn't mean when Israel forces everyone to get vaccinated, forces everyone to get a biometric card, forces everyone to get a green card, forces everybody to be vaccinated, is hiding their vaccine developmental data, that I will sit there and stand with Israel while they're lying. But against Hamas, pretty easy because I don't remember an Israeli soldier ever raping a Palestinian woman. Anybody else? Nope. Aaron can't remember anybody. I can't remember any of that. I can't remember the IDF taking hostages. Anybody else? Nope. I can't remember the IDF going through with machetes and hacking off Palestinian baby heads. Do you? I can't remember that either. Nope. nope. So you know what? When I'm, I, when I'm, if I'm picking, I'm standing with Israel over Hamas. And I'll stand with Israel over just about any other country on the planet. That's what you do. That's what the Bible says. And as Christians, that, well, that's what we do. Don't doesn't mean we put our hands in the and in, in, put our heads in sand and act like Israel does everything right. We don't, because they were horrible on vaccines, horrible on COVID, led the world in COVID totalitarianism, had the same biometric pass, the same vaccine passport. Their green not biometric yet. Their green card, the same label, same name as China. I point it all out. Can't stand what Israel did on that. Just like I said about Trump. I love Donald Trump. Voting for Trump again. I'm just telling you, Donald Trump screwed up COVID. He'd still be president right now. If he wouldn't have screwed up COVID. Yep. He screwed it up. It's the truth. I'm sorry. You don't like it. It's the truth. The reason why Donald Trump is not president is because we had a fraudulent election. We had a fraudulent election because we had a bunch of, of ballots that were just 
stuffed into boxes. We saw the latest thing that's come out from the Gateway Pundit. They just caught a city, a judge is ordering a city to redo their election because they were stuffing ballots into boxes. We had Zuckerberg boxes everywhere because everyone was terrified to come and vote in person because they had a 99.9% survival virus that was in the air. There's always a 99.9% survival virus in the air, just so everybody knows. So nobody go vote in person, so it opened up the door for fraudulent election. We had untraceable ballots, no signature verification ballots, no ID verification ballots, and ballot counting stopped in the middle of the night. That's why the reason why Trump is not president because of his own COVID policies. Love him, wish he was still president, best president of my lifetime, which includes Ronald Reagan. I'm telling you, but he, he, he blew it on COVID, blew it. And he better learn not to bow to these statist and to these swamp cesspool uh, establishment Republicans, establishment Democrats, unelected status officials inside of D.C. Better learn not to bow to him again when he's president again in 2025, which I believe that he will be starting in January of 2025. All right, on to Hamas here. So where were, so we have mass protests going on everywhere. I could, I could actually show you. Right now, we could spend the next, uh, what I got, an hour and eight minutes left on the show here. And of course, I was going to a little overtime, so it might be a little more than an hour and eight minutes. But I could spend the next hour and eight minutes showing you Mass, I am talking about as, as big as the lines and the masses of illegal immigrants pouring into the United States right now. You can't see the end of it. I played a video on Tuesday night. There's a giant uh, group, I don't know if you want to call it mass of pe- people, I don't know a better word for it, of, of illegals heading our way. It's so big that the cameras cannot contain the image. Right. You shoot it to the end, and there's still thousands of people at the end. These are, these are high-def High-quality cameras. You can't see it. So you have a mass horde of humanity coming our way. It's as big as that everywhere, if not bigger. I'm talking about in London. I'm talking about in Paris. I'm talking about in the United States in numerous locations, San Francisco. I'm trying to think of all the ones in my head right now. Chicago, New York, so big, all pro-Palestinian, which means pro-Moss, just so everybody knows. Say all they want. They're chanting from the river to the sea, which is the Jordan and the Mediterranean, Israel needs to be thrown into the sea. Israel can no longer exist. That is a Hamas chant. That is a Hamas, Hamas stance. They are Hamas. There's no. It's just like somebody who says, you know what? Um, you know, I'm actually uh, pro-life, but I support a woman's right to choose. No, you're one or the other. You're either you're either pro-life and you want to outlaw abortion, or you are pro-death. It's as simple as that. Where were all the mass protests in Western capital cities where 500,000 Muslims died in Syria? Now, why wasn't there? Now, listen, how many is how they're, they're estimating now? I get, well, I, I don't want to say the wrong number because there's all different numbers out there. Let's just, let's just say that Israel, Israel has killed 10,000 Palestinians. Let's just say that's what they've killed. Now, why didn't that bother anybody at Harvard? Why didn't it bother anybody at Harvard? Why didn't it bother anybody at Boston, San Francisco, London? Paris or anybody, why, why, why didn't they protest when 500,000 Muslims were slaughtered in Syria? Why didn't it bother them? Oh, that's right. They were killed by other Muslims. That's why. Where were the protests over the 200,000 dead Yemeni Muslims? Oh, why, why, weren't they, why weren't they upset about Oh, that's right. They were killed by other Muslims. So as long as Muslims, it's just like in the United States, there's no Black Lives Matter for, anybody, for any black citizens who's killed by another black person. Basically, in the United States, you have 9,000 black people murdered per year. Basically, let me make this easy. You have, a, you have over 9,000 black men murdered per year in the United States, per year in the United States. How many do the cops kill that are unarmed? How many? Uh, 
between 10 and 15, not 1,500, 10 and 15, that's it. 10 to 15. That's it. And here comes Black Lives Matter. What about the other 9,000? Why don't they care about them? Why don't they care about the other 9,000? Well, because they were killed by other black people because 98% of black men are murdered by other black men. Yep. They don't care about it. It's just like here. They're not worried about Muslims being killed. They're only worried if Israel kills Muslims in self-defense of themselves because they're anti-Semites. Like Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, Iona Presley, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, <laughs> the Honorable Cortez, <laughs> Jamal Bowman, and the rest of them. Or the 24,000 massacred Burmese Muslims killed by other Muslims. They don't care. They don't care. That, again, it's just the same thing. Unless it's politically expedient, they don't care about people dying. People like you and me care about people dying. We try to save the 40 to 80 million people who are aborted in the womb every year. And when I say in the womb, that, in the womb, it's a very general sense because they can kill people 28 days outside of the womb now in the state of California because of the awesome leadership of Gavi Nussi. I met Gavi Nussi, exactly, the one who's tripping, falling down the stairs <laughs> in the opening, which I, I got to put that, put that in the post game too, Aaron, if you think of it. Okay. Got to put that in there. Got to show it more than once. But you and I actually care about lives. Just like they go down to the border. Oh, the kids in cages, kids in cages. By the way, there are thousands upon five, six, seven thousand times more that have gone into cages now under the Biden administration, the Trump administration. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hasn't gone down to the border and cried in her all white outfit yet. You ever notice how all these, all these rank reprobate sinners always put themselves in all white? Yeah. They do it. They slaughter the unborn. And then they go to the State of the Union and all the Democratic women who slaughter the unborn. Pull babies out of the womb. Peace, by buddy, peace. Love it. Gleefully do it. Gleefully support it. And then they will show up in all white. It's called self-righteousness. And all your righteousnesses, Isaiah 64, 6, are like filthy rags. That's what they are. All right, let's go on to the next one, Will. A Dr. Eli David video. Now everyone says you have all these mass protests of all these innocent Palestinians. So here's live video of October 7th of all the innocent Palestinians at, on Gaza while the assault was going on. Play it for me, Will. Yeah, this looks like a street party, like a street dance right here in Inglewood, Florida. <laughs> street dance. And here's side by side the next one. Well, here's the pro-Palestinian uh, protesters right here in the home of Ilan Omar right here in Minnesota. Uh, Pro-Palestinian. That's uh, Minneapolis, of course, the home of George Floyd. So here we have, look how big it is. And they saw how innocent the Palestinians were. They were gleeful. They were happy that their people, their, their, their Hamas, which they elected at 60%, were out raping Israeli women and chopping off the heads of little babies. They were all rejoicing. And now you got all these idiots in Minnesota. Yes, they're idiots. Are all protesting in favor of them, wanting a ceasefire. First of all, they're not innocent. They wanted it. Hamas either pays them or makes them stay in the buildings. Again, this is redundant for those of you who watch the podcast, but it's very simple. You can bring it back to me, Will. It's very simple. 
What happens is, is the IDF, the Israeli Defense uh, Force, comes in and says, they put out leaflets, they put it, they actually have commandeered, get this now, Israel is smart, real smart. That's why they haven't had a terrorist attack on one of their planes uh, in, that I can ever remember. Can't even get on Il Al. He can't get on it. <laughs> Good luck. But they're smart. They have commandeered Hamas's broadcasting network. <laughs> so anybody who wants to watch TV on Gaza, in Gaza at the Gaza Strip, <laughs> you know what? They, they get to watch the IDF. And the IDF puts out all of the areas they're going to bomb in advance. Yep. They actually tell the Palestinian citizens... The Gazans, where to go? Re please report to this area so you will be safe. And what happens? You got the idiots in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, talking about Israel killing Palestinians. How's Israel killing Palestinians when they tell them, we're going to bomb A, so we need you to go to D? Right? They do that 24, 48, 36 hours in advance. Everybody can move on. But no, what Hamas says is either pay people to stay in the buildings or force people to stay in the buildings so they get the photo op of babies being pulled out of, uh, out of, out of the remains of the building, out, yeah. out of you know, the rumble. They get to, they get to, they get to show the, the, the remains of it all. And then they, get, then they get to score points and they get these idiots that are willing to go out in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and will protest on the street. Israel's killing people. Israel's not killing anybody. Listen, will there be some collateral damage in warfare? Yes, there's going to be some collateral damage in warfare. That's why, if you know this, you know, would there be any collateral damage at all if Hamas wouldn't have attacked on 10-7? No, there'd be no collateral damage because at that moment there was ceasefire. Everyone wants a ceasefire? There was a ceasefire. It's called 10-6. It's called 10-5. Ceasefire, nothing's going on. Until you kill in, in an 8-hour period, 8 to 12-hour period, 1,400 Israelis and 31 Americans inside that 40, inside that 1,400, and kidnapped 210, and at least at least 10 Americans are kidnapped. Also, what's the Biden administration doing about that? Um, let's see about about the same thing they're doing with all the citizens they left behind in Afghanistan, which is absolutely nothing. Here we are. Let's see. It's been two years in August, so two years, 26 months later, um, all of our citizens are still in Afghanistan. Great job, John Kirby. Fantastic job. I know you go up there with your perfect hair and you allegedly you have gravitas, you got credibility because you're, you're a colonel or whatever you are, you're a nobody. All you are now is a hand puppet for the DNC. You will say anything that they tell you to say. You will do anything they tell you to do because they've got your hand, they got their hand up your anal puppet chute. Right up there. Whoop! Just say it, Johnny. Say it. Go, Aaron. Um, I was just going to say, do you think they're trying as hard as they did to try to free Brittany Griner? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's mass effort, <laughs> yeah, to support somebody who actually did commit a felony on foreign soil, <laughs> right? But the people who are totally innocent. Where our where our our translators and our allies and actual American citizens in Afghanistan, nothing. And I think we all need to just go ahead and rename Brittany Bryan. Okay, <laughs> the videos are out. I mean, give me a break. So anyway, I just had to show you that they're not innocent, and even the ones that are innocent are told by the IDF. Days or hours in advance, we're going to bomb this area. Get out. And that's the only area that they bomb. And Hamas has their people stay there so that they can have a photo op of, of kids being pulled out of destroyed buildings dead. That's what they want. That's what they want. Hamas doesn't care about anybody. I have, I have video of, I, I haven't had time to play it all again. I have all these exposés I never get to. But of Hamas talking about their own funding. They refuse, they get, they get, 
a billion dollars a year, no matter what Hamas gets. They're one of the. They're either the second or third most well fund most well funded terrorist organization on the planet, and they could build bomb shelters for all the Gazans. Do they? No, they build bomb shel- shelters for themselves. So who's killing the Gazans? Who's killing the Palestinians? Um, that would be Hamas is doing it, and um, so Israel is being protested against for what Hamas is doing. It's as simple as that. Here it is right here, Bridget, uh, Bridget Gabriel video. Watch as this Hamas terrorist, you have to read, I don't like subtitles, but short video, you gotta read the subtitles. As you have this Hamas terrorist being interviewed by the IDF, watch as this Hamas terrorist disturbingly takes credit for killing Jewish children. And again, I ask you this, as you're watching this, watch this in context, and ask yourself, when have you ever seen a video of an IDF soldier as an Israeli army soldier ever saying that he killed kids on purpose. Ever. Never. How about rape? Never. Cut the heads off people. Never. Doesn't happen. Took hostages. Never. So it's very easy who to, who to, it's very easy to decide whose side you're going to be on. It's pretty easy, isn't it? All right, watch this. Play for me, Will. Okay. <laughs> Just a couple of you, just a comment or two on this. So my question is, so he's fine shooting his AK-47 into a into a safe room. They, a lot of the kids in Israel have safe rooms when they're living right on the Gazan border, which I don't know why anybody would, but anyway, I guess they're forced to. So they're in the, they're in their uh, panic room, and he just starts, you know, shooting high caliber rifle rounds, you know, probably AK-47, whatever it is, into that until he no longer hears the kids crying. But as soon as the army shows up, he surrenders. I mean, I thought these guys were really dedicated. I remember this also 
in the in the various Gulf Wars, whether you know it's whether it's the early '90s or in the two thousand after 9/11, there was just mass surrender whenever our military showed up. Why, why don't they fight? I mean, these guys allegedly why, why aren't they dedicated as a as a Sunni Muslim or whatever they are? Why aren't why aren't they dedicated? Why aren't they going after it? It's amazing. As soon as the army, I mean, you have the out. I mean, Will just said it a minute ago. They have their opportunity to go inherit their virgins. Why aren't they going? They got <laughs> Israeli army shows up. Virgin time. <laughs> virgin time. I'm about to get I'm about to die because I'm not. I have no match for the Israeli army. Why don't you go fight it out? They surrendered in ten minutes. That was great with them. They can they can lob rounds at kids, and kill all those kids. And notice how guilt ridden he was over that. Absolutely nothing. Oh, and again, what was the last time Isra- is- the Israeli army shot into the panic room of Gazan children? Uh, that never has happened in, ever in history. Doesn't mean I'm saying Israel is perfect. I'm just saying that if I, if I have to choose, and you do, I choose Israel. Thank you. Very easy. It's very easy. Over a mosque, very easy. And again, it's operating in specificity, but I've already gone into that. Right, let me switch subjects here. I'm going to go to January 6th. You're probably like, what the heck are you talking about here? Well, just some stuff is coming out about it. It's a thorn in my side, bothers the crap out of me. I don't want to get overly, uh, I don't want to deep dive into the philosophical nature of it too much. But again, all 1-6 is about is legitimizing the arrest of people like you and me. That's all 1-6 is, is to, again, it's just a way to leverage you. It's leveraging. It's always leveraging. you, Leveraging you to behave the way they want you to behave. Because now if you have a MAGA hat on, you're probably, as we saw the... Uh, the list of items, the list of flags, the list of, of uh, various characterizations, whatever you want to call them, that you know the FBI put out that said this, this, this puts the person into a terrorist alert situation, alerts the FBI this person could be a terrorist, like the Gazden flag that Aaron has in his truck. The Gazden flag, that's, that's an alert to the FBI that you may be a terrorist. And various other, you know, like if you attend a Latin mass as a Catholic, you are possibly a ter- you're on the terrorist watch list for the FBI. If you speak at a school board meeting because you don't want your seven year old to have to witness your teacher putting a condom on a cucumber, you're possibly on the terrorist watch list. So that's all one six is. And if you watch the video footage of it, it's obviously a Fed surrection. Again, let me just stipulate this: there's always dumb people in every movement. Do you agree? Agreed. There's dumb people in every church. Yeah, there is. <laughs> There's idiots here that attend Foundation Church. Some people that attend Foundation Church may think I'm an idiot. I don't know. But <laughs> there's idiots everywhere. There's always, there's idiot doctors, idiot cops, idiot attorneys, idiot presidents, as we're seeing right now. So there's idiots everywhere. So I know that there's people there that committed crimes. I agree. There is. Now, should they still be in prison right now? Should they be, uh, should they be spending 22 years in prison for what? What? Who? 22 years. I mean, somebody had to have died. Nobody died. Only people who died with protests. Four protesters died. That's it. Nobody else died. Oh, yes, Tom. Remember, we've been to, we were told, no, it's funny now. Where are all the retractions? Remember how they were claiming four cops were killed by the protesters? By the one six insurrectionists? Why, why aren't those stories still out? Why are we not getting their names? Why is there not a memorial? Oh, that's right, because they weren't killed by the protesters. They were just gaslighting for. Going up on three years now, they just stopped. I mean, four or five months ago, they finally stopped. Even Joe Biden, finally, the president of the United States, for two and a half years said four cops were killed 
by one six protesters. Finally stopped saying it four or five months ago. But there's no retraction from the New York Times. Right. No, no retraction from CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC. Nobody. No retractions at all. No retractions from Joe and Mika. No retractions from Joe Biden. Why is it Joe Biden walked up to a podium somewhere and said, you know what? I falsely said that four people, like I did. Like I did when, I, when, I, when I thought George Floyd was murdered, you know, way back when. It's years ago now because I certainly don't think that now. I only thought it for about a week. Not even a week, probably three, four days until yeah. I actually, uh, what, what changed my mind? Oh, the coroner's report. Right. <laughs> the facts. Yeah. The facts changed my mind. Once I found out that George Floyd uh, couldn't have been killed, if you're going to follow the science that George Floyd could not be killed by Derek Chauvin because George Floyd wasn't strangled. So if George Floyd wasn't strangled because he had 95% oxygenation rate in his lungs at the time of death, no injuries to the neck whatsoever, not even a neck bruise. Not even a neck bruise. So how did how if Derek Chauvin killed him, how did he kill him? Right. If he didn't strangle him, didn't suffocate him. Remember, uh, you know, I want to, you know, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It wasn't him causing him not to be able to breathe. Uh, that would be the three times lethal amount of fentanyl in his body that caused him not to be able to breathe. So you come out and you say you're wrong, just like I did. I was wrong. I thought the I thought the election would be overturned. I did. I thought we were going to win in court. I came out, got on here, said I was wrong. Didn't work out. I wasn't involved in any of the QAnon bull crap, fantasy crap. Okay, I wasn't involved in any of that. One prophecy after another never comes to the other. Absolutely ridiculous. You're following that crap. You need to stop following prophets whose pro whose prophecies are never right. Yeah, pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, the the you think that the Church of Latter Day Saints would have learned that by now? The Jehovah's <laughs> Witness and the Watchtower after their none of their not one of their prophecies ever come true. None. But they have these people. They're very devout, just like a leftist. Very devout. No matter how much truth there is that defies your lies, you're still going to follow the lies because you're that devout. But that's one six is all about leveraging behavior so that they can say that, you know what? We believe that you could be a threat. And you're like, well, yeah, but as long as I'm not, I'm safe. Really? You think that? You really think it's true? You really think you're, tr you think you're safe from our criminal justice system right now? The one that has falsely prosecuted Steve Bannon, uh, General Flynn, Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, has raided the home of Donald J. Trump, is falsely prosecuting Donald J. Trump, raided the home of Rudy Giuliani, raided Project Veritas, falsely arrested under false pretenses and false charges, pro-life protesters. You really think so? And you're like, well, yeah, but as long as you're innocent, Steve Bannon was completely innocent. Steve Bannon has been convicted of obstructing Congress. What evidence is there? How, how did he obstruct Congress? Because he refused to obey a congressional subpoena. A, a congressional subpoena that was issued by the 1-6 committee, which is not allowed to issue subpoenas. So he, how could he obstruct Congress by not obeying a subpoena from a subcommittee that's not allowed to issue subpoenas? But he still was convicted because he's in a, he was in a blue court with a blue jurisdiction, blue judge, blue grand jury, blue, blue jury, and blue appellate court. He'll have to go to the Supreme Court and win, which he will. He has the money, he has the ability to do that. But well, you think you're safe? You're not. See, what this is about is them being able to say, just like they did Enrique Terrio, who, listen, I'm no fan, I'm no fan of Enrique Terrio, really. I, I, there's part of me that thought he was, that, thought he was a uh, informant for a long time anyway, which I guess I'm wrong because yeah, they wouldn't put their informants, i.e. Ray Epps, does way more than Enrique Terrio ever did. And Ray Epps got like a notice to appear and $500 fine. I'm making that up. I'm just saying nothing, <laughs> basically nothing. And Enrico Terrio, who wasn't even in, you have Ray Epps in D.C. instigating the violence. And you have Enrico Terrio, Enrique Terrio, 
Not in, not in, not even, not even in DC gets 22 years in prison. That, that's just, you think you're safe from that? You're like, as long as I'm innocent, I'll, I'll make sure that I have a videotape. I will videotape myself everywhere. I'll videotape myself everywhere showing that I wasn't there. That won't help you. How will that help you? And I don't know how to put this exactly into words. And I know that those of you who watch this podcast hear me say this all the time. I'm just, listen, you're a preacher, you're a preacher. You preach sort of the same thing over and over again so that people get the idea. So it becomes a part of who they are. You can have all the exculpatory material on yourself as you want. If you're in a red, if you're in front of a red judge with a red, if you're in front of a blue judge, a blue jury, blue grand jury, blue appellate court, doesn't matter. You can say, you know, we we believe that you were there at 1-6. You were there. Okay. Here's video footage of me in Guatemala with 27 Democratic Party witnesses that will verify that I was there. And they will all testify at trial. You'll still be found guilty. That's where we are at. That's, that's what they did to Bannon. That's what they're doing to Navarro. That's what they did to Alex Jones by hauling him in front of blue judges and blue jurisdictions in these defamation lawsuits. How do you defame somebody who's dead? How do you defame the Sandy Hook kids who are dead? No, not, not, I'm not, I am not in any way belittling the dead or the lost there. I, Sandy Hook was real, folks. It was real. It's not crisis actors. It's like everyone, people were saying that Derek Chauvin was a crisis actor. How is he a crisis actor? He's been on the Minneapolis Police Department for 17 years, has worked numerous details, even worked with George Floyd in the past. As, a, as, as George Floyd was a bouncer at a bar that Derek Chauvin was working at a detail. I mean, come on. It's, come, stop being stupid. Don't be, don't be QAnon stupid, whatever you do. He wasn't. He has a history of a wife. He has a history of kids. I mean, come on. He's a, how are you a crisis actor when you've been working and hired on for 17 years prior to the event? You just, you just hang on for seven. Hey, we have an assignment for you as a crisis actor. It only takes 17 years of your life, but come on, please. And Alex Jones made like four references to Sandy Hook in his entire broadcasting history. How do you defame people who are dead? You can't. You have to be able to, you have to be substantively affecting their ability to make a living. Come on, how do you? But it doesn't matter. You're in front of a blue. Did you ever see his judge? The one in Connecticut with her purple hair and her pro-Democratic Party, uh, pro-COVID posts all over the internet? Come on. All right, on to one six years. So here, let me set this up. Gateway Pundit video. This sets, this sets you up, sets what I'm going to talk about for the next couple of minutes. I'll let them set the table. Play for me. We are witnessing the United States descend into a complete police state. Biden's Department of Justice is now arresting peaceful Trump supporters who were outside of the building on January 6th. They put out this image, which shows in red an area designated as a restricted area, where if you were inside there but not inside the Capitol, they might arrest you. What's crazy is they knew that people were going to be in this so-called restricted area because the people had permits for their rallies there. And Capitol Police knew this because it was included in their own report. Now, peaceful Trump supporters who literally stood outside of the building and watched are being arrested. If you ever had to wonder, this is what a police state looks like. For the full story and all of the details, go to thegatewaypundit.com. Which we did for all the full for the full story and details, here's thegatewaypundit.com. Here we are. So on October 13, 2022, the FBI testified that they were using geo-tracking data to identify Trump supporters. Now it's funny they're using geo-tracking data, right? Because in Dinesh D'Souza's film, is it 2,000 mules? 
can't remember the title. Yeah, yeah. 2,000 meals. meals? Yep. How did they, now that was all deemed to be invalid because he used geotracking. Right. By all of everybody on the left. Invalid. You know, he's tracking all these mules that were running all these false ballots, all these fraudulent ballots all over, all over the place, untraceable, uh, you know, no ID, made up, manifest the middle of the night, mailed, you know, you have 17 ballots mailed to one home, all that. That's what happened on, on in November 2020. So that was all deemed to be incredible. That you that was not a was not a credible film. It was not credible research. It was uh, the facts were incredible because he was using geo-tracking data. In other words, using people's phones to see, to see where they are at a specific time. So you say, here's Sally going to the exact same location 17 times. What was it? November? I can't remember what it was now. November 9th, November 5th, whatever it was. You know, it was just called in the November, like on the November, on election day, same place 17 times over and over again. Invalid because it's geo-tracking. But now the FBI is using the exact same technology to arrest people who never even went into the Capitol. They're using the exact same technology. And now suddenly, according to the left, which is the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Instigation, now suddenly, suddenly, it's valid. It's valid. When, when you're going to arrest Biden supporters, not valid, not valid at all. When you're going to arrest Trump supporters, valid. That's the judicial system. That's our criminal justice system. If you believe you're safe from it, you've lost your mind. So here we go. Using geotracking data to identify Trump supporters, because now geotracking is valid when you're going to arrest Trump supporters, but not if you're going to arrest Biden supporters, who, have, who, who had gathered near the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Put up the next one for me, Will. There you go. Now, this is the area. No, 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 no. There you go. Right there. So red line around the Capitol. So this is the area now. Now, the interesting part about this is, is again, you think that you're innocent because you, you are innocent. I'm just, again, you know, when I say you, I'm saying put yourself in the position of somebody there that was there on 1-6. Maybe you were there on 1-6. And you think that you're innocent because we had a permit inside the red area. <laughs> Here, Judge, here's our freaking permit and the geo-tracking that used to be invalid that's now valid shows that I was in the red permitted area. I have to be innocent, right? No, you're being charged by a blue DOJ, Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, Lisa Monaco, in front of a blue judge, Tanya Shutkin, or Kelly, or all the rest of the idiots. And so you will be found guilty. You're like, it's impossible. How, what would stop them? Well, I'm innocent. That doesn't matter. If they say guilty, you're guilty. You're gonna, well, who's gonna listen to you? The cops, they're going to say, oh, wait, Judge, we have, we're, you know, the bailiffs in there, the ones that put you in handcuffs and then haul you to the D.C. Metro Gulag, they're, they're going to suddenly stand up and go, you know, we think he's innocent, so we're not going to obey your orders, Judge Shuckin. You said take him into custody. No, we think he's innocent. No, you're going. What's going to stop it? They say you're guilty, but it doesn't matter. I'll release it to the media. What media? I'll be, I'll be there for you, but I got 660 people watching. Dan Bongino's got 80,000 people watching. He'll put it out there, too. So, I mean, people like that. Bannon put it out there, but it won't be in the mainstream media. If, 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 if Republicans aren't in charge of the DOJ, or you don't have a president who will pardon you, what's going to stop it? Nothing. They have a permit. They're completely innocent. Doesn't matter. A bombshell report. Just leave this up for me, Will. A bombshell report by the Electronic uh, Freedom Foundation revealed the vast secretive partnership between private companies and the federal government 
to surveil and track the movements of millions of Americans. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? According to the EFF, again, that's the Electronic Freedom Foundation. You've got to follow people like this. The Intel Alphabet agencies, including ICE, here they are. He, these are the ones geo-tracking everybody at 1-6. Weird how they all knew and they all know to geo-track you. It's as if this was planned. And remember, because Christopher Ray won't answer the question of, did you have people inside the Capitol prior to the breach wearing Trump clothes that were FBI informants or assets? They won't answer the question. Weird. The FBI, the U.S. Secret Service, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. There he is again. And the Department of Defense, Department of Defense, geo-tracking you. That's good to know, isn't it? Good to know the military is geo-tracking its own citizens. That may, that really makes you feel like America, doesn't it? That really makes you feel like, or does that feel like downtown Baghdad? Or better yet, downtown Moscow. Better yet, downtown Beijing. Better yet, downtown Davos. As well as state and local law enforcement, you know, the municipality police, D.C. Metro Police, are being funneled hordes of private cell location data by private brokers who harvest the information. The government later said this was a restricted, so this this back that back to our picture here. So you're being geo-tracked. The government later said this was a restricted zone. Now they changed this. Now, after everybody got permits to be here, <laughs> the government has subsequently post-permit, uh, almost three years later, has now deemed this a restricted area. The photos show the restricted area around the Capitol where Trump supporters were gathering because they had permits to hold rallies in that area. Oops. Just like everybody has. For years and years and years, suddenly became restricted because they put a red line on it. Post all the events. Post all the rallies. Post 1-6, Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco put a red line around it. So now it was illegal for you to be there before they put the red line around it. Mm. And now we have evidence that the U.S. government and D.C. police knew thousands of Trump supporters would assemble in this area because they had permits for their rallies. <laughs> so they knew that they, were, they, they actually gave you a permit to lure you in there so they could arrest you later. Yeah. It's exactly what happened. Put up the next one for me, Will. Here's the flyers. This is what went out. This is all this. People put them out. This is for January 6th. I have another one. I should have gradually grabbed the one that said January 6th. There's two of them. They put these out, and you can, if, you get, if you see it big enough, so the one in the middle, Save the Republic rally, One Nation Under God rally, the one to the right. Uh, prayer Walk is the one on the bottom. All permitted. Top one is Jericho March. Those are hideous people right there, Jericho March. Those are a bunch of hideous people right there. Those are dangerous insurrectionists. Deplorables. Yeah, the deplorables. <laughs> uh, the filthy Walmart smelly people. Prayer Walk, Save the Republic rally, and, and One Nation Under God rally. All permitted. But now, now because, you can bring it back to me. Well, just leave it up to where you can decide, but just leave it as is or whatever, but leave it up there for a minute. It's now, everything was fine until months, years later, Lisa Monaco gets out her red crayon <laughs> and draws it around the Capitol and said, everybody who's permitted to be there, well, you know, we've now, post-event, deemed it to be the restricted area, even though it wasn't restricted on 1.6 or 1.5. But now it is. And you're like, well, good, Tom. There's no way you can bring it back to me. Well, now there's no way, there's no way that anybody can be found guilty because they made it a restrictive area, restricted area post-event. And who's going to stop it? You think Shutkin's going to say? Judge Tanya Shutkin? Well, I really miss, 
I really miss cussing when it comes to shucking. <laughs> there's so many things I could do with the word shucking. So creative. I mean, right, I mean, there's many many words I could throw in. I miss I miss cussing, but but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Second Timothy two sixteen. So I won't do it. Go, Aaron. I have a question. So on that map, I'll put it back up once I'm done asking this. That One Nation Under God rally is at the Capitol. If you look on there, it's got the red marker on Restricted. there. But but look, it's it's restrict. I don't understand. So why would you get arrested if they already knew that they were going to be there? I, you know what I mean? Like, restricted now. They restricted it afterwards. Because here's the thing. Again, this isn't going to make sense to you. I'm not trying to make it make sense. I can't make it. I can't make nonsensical make sense. They gave them permits, and then after they did their rallies, they drew a line around it and called it the restricted area, and everybody in the rally will be, will be arrested because they were inside the restricted area. But you're like, well, that's good because we know the dateline. Dateline says we were permitted for 1516, and they didn't make it a restricted area till let's just say, uh, halfway through 2022. So we're all exonerated. It's all exculpatory material. All i got to do is show the timeline, right? Shutkin's going to let you off on that? You're like, Tom, it's impossible. It would be utter, wall-to-wall, complete and total corruption. It, yeah. Who's going to stop it? You don't think Mario Bowser's, who, that's her, it's whether, her Capitol Police run by Nancy Pelosi? You're like, no, we're the Speaker of the House. Run by, by, run by the status. You think that they're not going to arrest people? And that, you know, the people that, the jail they go to is run by Mario Bowser, who, who, Caused along Muriel Bowser, Mitch McConnell, and Nancy Pelosi caused one six. They turned down thirty thousand National Guard troops. Yep. So they caused it. You think Muriel Bowser, after you're found guilty by Tanya Shukin, even though you have complete a total exoneration via a timeline, you think Muriel Bowser is going to say tell her cops not to arrest you because you're exonerated? Be exculpatory material? Pfft, no, you're going to jail. Somebody's going to get me out. Who's going to get you out? Who? What? When? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna appeal. You appeal. You go to a, you go to Blue Appellate Court. They're not gonna let you out. There's another load. There's another load of shutkins there. Again, man, I miss cussing. The Trump supporters had flyers. The one we just showed of the different scheduled events on January 5th and 6th. These events were planned and registered with the government before 1-6. There you go. So let me show you this now. So they're arresting people. It's good. Well, you're on time. I'm the one who's, who's uh, digressing. So now they're arresting people for being in an area that wasn't restricted on the day that they were there. They're being arrested for being in an unrestricted area that's now been stipulated as a restricted area. So on 1-6, it wasn't restricted, but after 1-6, it was deemed restricted, so they're being arrested for being in a restricted area that wasn't restricted. Right. There we go. So those are all lies. Again, it's all freaking lies. COVID's a lie. Climate change is a lie. Transgender genocide is a lie. You have the Biden administration that's putting out its anti-trans, uh, their, their anti-Islamophobia campaign right now. What Islamophobia is there? They say, they say that Islamists are being attacked all over the United States. Where? When? Where? How? Who? Who? Where? Where's the events? Show them to me. Anywhere in the world where Islamists are being attacked by anybody but Islamists. Show me. It isn't. It's all lies. So here's more lies. You always hear about how and listen, it pains me to do this. It really does. Oh, I take it back. It used to pain me to do this. Now that I know these guys are complete Democratic Party shills, doesn't bother hand puppets with Democratic Party's hand up their anal puppet shoot. No, it doesn't bother me anymore. Danny Hodges right here, this picture of Danny Hodges. 
Doesn't bother me anymore. As a cop myself, 25 years, 1992, 2017, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office right here where I'm sitting. It used to bother me to criticize cops. Doesn't anymore because these people are absolutely worthless. They have no more integrity, no more dignity than, than, uh, than John Kirby does. Just because you're in the military, just because you're a cop, does not just inherently give you dignity, doesn't give you credibility, doesn't give you character. You have a liar like this guy right here. So it's all lies. So let me show you some lies coming from the Capitol Police who are deemed to be heroes. If Nancy Pelosi or Adam Kinzinger deems you a hero or Liz Cheney deems you a hero, then you are obviously not a hero. Understand that. Here are photos he posted. This is uh, Danny Hodges posted on Facebook on one seven of his injuries from the previous day. And again, let me set this up for you. I apologize for the redundancy. Is it really 930? Holy moly. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Man, how many slides am I through? Six. Okay. Six, six out of 60. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Rolling. Let me let me set this up for you. Danny Hodges. I'm going to read the names. Uh, Danny Hodges, uh, Fanone, and Gunnell, and another one named Dunn. Understand this. You can sit there and lie or exaggerate about your injuries, you know, because you want your wife to kiss your boo-boos when you get home. <laughs> All right, that's what you want, okay, wherever those boo-boos are located. But anyway... <laughs> So you can do that all you want, okay? Because that's not a crime. It makes you immoral. You'll die and go to hell for being a liar. However, it's not a criminal offense. But what they're doing is claiming injuries in sentencing hearings. Right. So you have somebody who's, say, going to get 18 months in prison. Here comes Danny with his boo-boo lip. claiming he, he, He claimed he had a swollen hand. Okay, here's his injuries. He claimed he had a swollen hand, uh, didn't have one, said he had a large contusion on his head. You see a large contusion on his head? Uh, there isn't any. Name, how do you have a large contusion on your head when you're wearing a uh, helmet? Uh, what, what's going to cause that large contusion on your head? Uh, nothing. Got a Kevlar helmet on, I think you'll be all right. Uh, no evidence of the attempt. Uh, they said that he, they attempted to gouge his eye out. Uh, there is no evidence of that either. But he goes to hearings where somebody's being sentenced to 18 months who should be sentenced to a $200 fine, who's getting 18 months in federal frickin' prison, here comes Danny, here comes Fanone, here comes Gudun, here comes Gunnell, these spineless, coward worms. You have Fanone in the crowd basically bawling his eyes out while the 1-6 protesters were helping him. It's all, yeah. it's all over the internet. Who allegedly had a heart attack, and he's perfectly fine now, weird, but anyway. So here comes, here comes, I'll just use Danny. Here comes Danny. So this guy's getting sentenced 18 months in prison for something that's $200 fine. And here comes Danny saying, um, I got a swollen hand. I had a large contusion on my head, none of which has been documented, no photographic evidence, nothing. My eye was nearly gouged out. Well, you know what? And then Tanya Shutkin goes, well, because little Danny was hurt, um, you're going to get... Not 18 months. We're going to give you 48 freaking months. That is happening over and over and over again based on false, perjurous testimony from Danny, from Fanone, from Gunnell, and from Dunn. There's no documentation, no evidence of their injuries whatsoever. How they sleep at night, I don't know. If somebody goes to jail because of the offenses that they committed and the jury finds them guilty, guilty, that's one thing. 
Although, it's again, going back to my old blue area, blue jurisdiction, blue judge, all those convictions are invalid, and all these people need to be pardoned with a few notable exceptions. However, that's one thing. People are getting sentenced. But then you enhance their sentence by claiming false injuries, which is exactly what's happening. Here are photos he posted on Facebook on 1-7. Day after, look at that, look how horrendously injured he was. I've been more injured than that. I'm not kidding you. Walking my dog. <laughs> Seriously. My dog got in a fight with the neighbor's dog. Okay, I walked away with more injuries than that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he's gotten in a fight with the same dog three times. <laughs> And I've been injured twice. All right, way more than that. And all they, all they did was grab, pull two dogs apart. <laughs> Here are photos he posted the day after his grievous injuries. He looks, you know what that injury on his lip looks like? Reminds me of a time when I had arrested somebody. I was bringing them to the to Sarasota Memorial Hospital, and I was chomping on Bubblicious. And I bit the living crap out of my tongue. That's all that looks like right there. <laughs> Here are the photos. I was bleeding so bad. I'm like, I may need to get stitches while I'm in the emergency room. Here are photos he posted on Facebook on one seven of his injuries from the previous day. No swollen hand, nothing, but she claims that he had, which he's used to put people in prison. No large contusion on his head, which he's used to put people in prison. No evidence of an attempt to gouge his eye out, which he's used to put, prison, put people in prison, prison. Danny Hodges, like Fanon, Gunnell, and Dunn, lied about their injuries and are lying to this day. Go to the next one for me, Will. Here he is. I didn't want to be the guy who starts shooting, says Danny, Danny Hodges, because I knew they had guns. Oh, really? He knew they had guns. What? Let me, let me add it all up. Let's add it all up. Let's add it all up together, the three of us. You ready? Yeah. Put yourselves on. Let's add it all up together. How many guns did they find and found among the 1-6 protests? Aaron, get, them, get your fingers out uh, and start adding them up. Come on, uh, Will. How many you got? Zero. Zero. What do you zero. got, Will? Zero. Zero. And zero. I've come up with zero, yeah. too. But according to Danny, who lies under oath about his injuries over and over and over again to put people in prison for longer terms than they're supposed to be, I didn't want to be the guy who starts shooting because I knew they had guns. We had been seizing guns all day. Who's we? Who's we, Danny? What guns? What, what evidence? What, I mean... Like like a, a barbaric scene at the bottom. It's a barbaric scene. We've been seizing guns all day. What what guns? Lies. Just like Biden. Four cops were killed. Just like Fanon. Four cops were killed. Nobody was killed. Not one freaking gun was seized. Not one. Not then. Not now. Not ever. That's it. But here comes Danny. Mr. Swollen Hand. I've got a swollen hand. They attempts to, attempts, attempted to gouge out my eyes. They don't, and, and the only reason I could think, uh, so they, we were, we, we, so him and the Capitol Police, the Metropolitan Police Department, they were seizing guns all day. What guns? Uh, zero. So he's a bull-faced freaking liar, he said. And the only reason I could think of that they weren't shooting was, uh, shooting us was they were w waiting for us to shoot first. And if it became a firefight between a couple of hundred officers and a couple hundred demonstrators, we would have lost. What a man. What a manly man. Boy, I'm so glad I didn't serve with that guy. I'm so glad that I serve with the great people of the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office who never behave like that and don't lie like that. How, what, what a disgusting Democratic Party with their hand up your anal puppet shoot shill this man is. Go to the next one for me. So here's his Facebook post. Danny, now this is on. Notice the date here, shall we? Remember, 
His hand was swollen. He had a contusion on his head and they attempted to gouge out my eyes. Here's what he posted though the day of the event. I can do this all day. This man, and we, listen, it's funny. And it's sad and it's pathetic and he's a freaking liar. He's gonna burn in hell for all of eternity, okay? However, What's sad is, is he's claiming all of these injuries. This is, the, this is the truth about his life. He's actually, he has time. Think about it. He's in the midst of this insurrection. And he has the time to stop and post on Facebook. I can do this all day. For real. That right there invalidates the entire insurrection narrative. Oh, Danny boy. It's the liar. What a liar. <laughs> All right, so let me show you this now. YouTube video. So let's look at Michael Fanone, shall we? Michael Fanone, he's the bearded guy. Everyone thinks he wears plaid all the time. Everyone thinks he's a man's man. He's a, he's a redneck. He's probably from the bayou. You know, he's out trapping and hunting. No, he's actually a son of a D.C. attorney. So everybody <laughs> knows. Here's his background. Play it for me, Will. Thanks. And uh, listen, Fanone has been all over the place, but... Uh... He's, uh, he, I say this with love, he's no redneck. Who is he? Where did he come from? Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank Molly Ball for that front cover puff piece on Michael Fanone because she gave away uh, some interesting details about Officer Fanone, which is not that he is a redneck, which he portrays himself as. Uh, as you said, he grew up in a very wealthy suburb, Washington, D.C., uh, where many of the capital elite live. Uh, he went to Georgetown Prep, where a few Supreme Court justices uh, attended, and very wealthy, pedigreed people, children of uh, Washington um, aristocracy went. He went for one year before, I guess, he was sent home. Then his parents sent him off to a main boarding school. This is all in Molly Ball's piece. Uh, and then he came back and eventually graduated from uh, an uh, almost all-black high school in Washington, D.C. But this idea that he is this good old boy, he wears the flannels, he has a beard, he speaks with some sort of a drawl, uh, that he is just a regular guy who became an undercover narcotics officer and was attacked, almost killed on January 6th. I mean, you know, for the most part, none of that's true. So what was not in Molly Ball's piece, but what was in your piece are details about his father. Uh, you actually identified him as Joseph Fanone, a uh, pretty high-powered lawyer. Tell us a little bit about him and his law firm, please. So Molly Ball notes in her piece that his father is a lawyer with a, a partner with a big law firm in Washington, D.C. She never mentions his name nor mentions uh, the law firm that he's associated with. So it appears that his father is Joseph Fanone, He's the only Fanone who is at that age and a partner with a big law firm. He is with a firm called Ballard Spar, which is uh, a democratically connected law firm, has done a lot of work against Donald Trump's administration and his campaign after the 2020 election. They have people such as Ed Rendell, the former Democratic governor of Pennsylvania, is a uh, special counsel there. They have attorneys on staff who advise the Biden campaign uh, one of their uh, government relations directors in D.C. hosted one of the first fundraisers for Joe Biden in 2019, helped raise $6 million. So here we have another actor, just like we've seen over time, 
little coincidental, ironic that he had this photo taken with Alexander Vindman last week, yeah. another paid actor, uh, you know, who just is act like he just, you know, stumbled up, uh, across this uh, phone call, quid pro quo. But we find out the background of these people, their connection to Democrats, and this idea that Officer Fanon uh, is just this unconnected cop from D.C. who risked his life to save democracy on January 6th, of course, none of that's true. Yeah, no. And Fanon did absolutely nothing to save anybody. He's just a liar who's used his false injuries to put people in longer prison sentences than the, what they should have gotten. And they would. And first of all, they're already getting a longer sentence than they ever should have gotten anyway. And then he enhances it more by saying that he was injured when he wasn't. He was basically in the crowd, crying his eyes out, while, and, the, and the one six protesters helped him out of the crowd. That's what happened. The man's an absolute fraud. Puts on, he's all tatted up. He's tatted up, sent to private school by his DNC lawyer father until he's kicked out of that private school, and then they sent him to a boarding school out of state. His father is Joseph Fanone from Ballard Spar, DNC law firm, who had done a lot of legal work against the Trump administration. So what a, what a coincidence. That Joseph Fanon's son, Michael Fanon, is an outspoken critic also of Donald Trump and claims that Donald Trump instigated one six insurrection, A, an insurrection that isn't an insurrection, so an insurrection never occurred. And even if there was an insurrection, which there wasn't, there he is, this, yeah, Mr. Platt. He's always wearing Platt. He's a, he's a man's man. No, he's, he, is this, he grew up six miles from the Capitol. <laughs> he's in a very wealthy, affluent area. I believe it's Alexandria. Yeah, his his daddy, his daddy, leave this up. His daddy is is Joseph Fanon from from Ballad Spar, the DNC law firm. So it's very funny <laughs> that and his dad is actively fundraising against Donald Trump, is suing the Trump administration, doing legal work against the Trump administration. And it's just very coincidental that his son would then falsely accuse Donald Trump of causing an insurrection. And again, this gets this gets very deep into nonsensical, incoherent sentences incoherent thoughts because he's accusing him of instigating an insurrection that never occurred. And he didn't even instigate the insurrection that never occurred. How did, how, how is go, go to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically protest mean breaking windows and storming the Capitol? Right. And I, I mean, how does that, and, and by the way, the people breaking windows, according to the one, six protesters that were there, were not part of their protest. So it's very, very weird that this guy here Joseph Fanon with his false injuries, putting people in long prison sentences based on his false assertion of false injuries, just like false assertions about a false insurrection. It's very weird that his daddy is part of a law. Now, this and Fanon works for the Metropolitan Police. This is one of Muriel Bowser's boys. He's not Capitol Police. It's one of Muriel Bowser's boys. And we have on video one of Muriel Bowser's boys undercover in the crowd instigating violence right. and participating in violence. We have it on video. We have it. Everybody has it. But, you know, you're not allowed, again, you're sitting there, you're on trial for your life as a 1-6 protester, but you're not allowed the exculpatory material, to, the, the exculpatory material is not given to your defense, uh, defense attorney because it contains classified information. Everything. It's like Anthony Fauci's emails have to be redacted because as classified information about a lawn dwarf who's in the NIH. So it's just kind of weird that Fanon is connected to a Democratic Party law firm, not just a law firm, a Democratic Party activist 
fundraising law firm who makes false assertions about Donald Trump all the time and it's just like father like son. His son, uh, Joseph Fanon, makes false accusations against Donald Trump all the time. So now his son makes false accusations against Donald Trump all the time. They all know each other, just like he's sitting there with Vinman. All Vinman is, Vinman's just, and what, when Julie Kelly says, you know, crisis actors here, she doesn't mean them in the, mean in the QAnon sense. She, these are legitimate people who are in legitimate jobs, but are then used by the DNC and are, they're not even, it's not that, you know, the DNC suddenly goes, we're going to use you. DNC already knows their assets prior to the moment of usury. Yeah. They already know it. Oh, Finman? Oh, yeah, he's one of ours. Fanon? Oh, yeah, he's one of ours. Fanon, we know Fanon. We can get Fanon to do anything. Here are the two clowns right here. We can get Fanon, we can do Finman to do anything. These two people are so devoid of human dignity and so devoid of human respect, so devoid of self-respect, that they will lie under oath, they will perjure themselves, they will claim that they're injured when they're not. You're, you're so devoid of human dignity that you make people call you lieutenant colonel <laughs> in a hearing. You make a civilian call you by your rank, which is, which is not military protocol. This little fat-faced, Krispy Kreme-eating moron that you are. I'm talking about Vinman now. So, I mean, this, lo and behold, they already know who these people are. They already know. Oh, this guy, Fanone. Oh, wait, there's a Fanone? There's a Fanone? In the D.C. Metro Police Department? Oh, great. His daddy's Joseph Fanon. We can get him to say anything he wants because he's so devoid. And isn't it funny, too? Here's one other thing. Do you know that Joseph Fanon was not? He's, he's a narcotics uh, detective. What, what was he doing there in riot gear? Mm. He strange. wasn't scheduled to work that day. He volunteered. <laughs> what? It's true. Just found that out. That's true. He wasn't even scheduled. That's all from Julie Kelly's reporting. Wow. He wasn't even, vol- he wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Wasn't scheduled. He volunteered to be there. Weird how that all worked out, the son of Joseph Fanon, Democratic Party law firm activist. Right, let me go to this one. This one I've shown you before. I'm going to show you again real quick. Julie Kelly video. Video from two and a half years ago. Now here is Capitol Police Officer Agu- Aguilino Ganell has lied repeatedly about his injuries and sentenced people to, many, to longer terms in prison. And again, I'm just going to tell you what this is. It's called sentence enhancements. It's just like if they if they a hate crime is a sentence enhancement. If you can show that a law enforcement officer sustained injuries in the midst of the crime, you can enhance the sentence. That's what these guys are doing. But sadly, it's based on injuries that don't exist. Just like an insurrection that doesn't exist. Just like an instigation of an of an insurrection that doesn't exist. Instigating an insurrection for an insurrection that isn't an insurrection. <laughs> just like you know, we're gonna we're gonna save our we're gonna we're gonna save you. From this pandemic, from this bubonic plague, from this, wait, bubonic plague, which was killed 75% of the people who caught it. 75% of the people who caught bubonic plague died of the bubonic plague. Had a 25% survival rate. We're going to all pretend that this is a bubonic plague, even though it's not a bubonic plague. We're going to act like it's a bubonic plague. We're going to mitigate like it's a bubonic plague, even though it's not a bubonic plague. We're going to demand that you act like it's a bubonic plague. We're going to mask you like it's a bubonic plague. Going to vax you six times like it's a bubonic plague. Have, have, uh. Travis Kelsey come out and whore himself like it's a bubonic plague. <laughs> Even though it's 99.9% survival, just like the common freaking cold and the flu is. Yeah. Weird. Same thing with the insurrection, which nobody died. Just like basically nobody died of COVID. What, what, what do we put out? What do we put out? I'm running out of time, so I got to slip a little COVID in. So we put this out on Tuesday from Dr. Peter McCullough. Here's statistical data. Ready? How many people died of COVID-19 inside of America? He puts it at 120,000 based on CDC extrapolated data. 
120,000 people because of all the changes, which I won't get into tonight. Otherwise, we'll be here. I won't get done with this until 11 o'clock <laughs> if I start this right now. Because of the changes to the death certificates, to the changes to the protocol given to doctors, and because of the false PTR, PCR testing, people dying with COVID, not of COVID, assumed COVID, and the change of line one and line two on death certificates after 17 years of the same uh, same protocol was changed suddenly March of 2020 with death certificates. So they say that we got one point, even though, even though our excess deaths were zero. We had more people die in the United States in 2017 and 2020. Now, where are you getting that from, Tom? That is an assumption because they won't release that data. We don't know. But in all the other countries that we put out the graphs, we put out the graphs from their, from their census bureaus, whatever they call them, their various different uh, titles or whatever, from their census bureau, we had Australia, we had New Zealand, we had numerous others. There was less deaths in 2020 than 2017. So I'm assuming it's the same thing in the United States. Do I know that's true? I don't. But I know that 80,000 people died of the flu in 2017. And, and, and Dr. McAuliffe is claiming 120 Thousand people died. Now they're claiming 1.2 million people died of that. 1.2 million people died. Mm. But only 120,000 people actually died of COVID. The rest of them had stage four lung cancer, but it was credited as COVID, had their, were decapitated in a motorcycle crash, struck by lightning, stipulated as a COVID death over and over and over again. And how many people, so 120,000 people died of COVID, but 600,000 people have died from the vaccine. So again, it's just creating a problem and offering a solution that's a thousand, a million times worse than the perceived, made-up, non-existent problem, depending on who you are. All right, let me show you this. So here's, here's Gunnell. He lied. Here's the video. Of, you know, we'll side-by-side side this. Can you guys, and Aaron, I don't know how long it runs, but kind of keep him in the frame as much as you can. Oh, and just keep it going. Because I'm going to read this to you, so I don't, I'll do two things at once. Julie Kelly, got to follow her, got to follow her, got to follow her. One of the only true reporters. You got to follow her. Got to follow Mike Davis. These are the people that are really following, namely Julie Kelly on 1-6. Mike Davis, the entire judicial system inside the United States of America was the, one of the greatest pundits on that. I could do, I wish that Mike Davis was on. When he's on Bannon, I wish he was on for 10 hours straight. I could listen to the guy. Knows everything there is to know about Mar-a-Lago and all these cases. But Julie Kelly knows everything there is to know about 1-6. So here's Gunnell. He's the guy circled. Now what he's claiming, he testified under oath in federal court proceedings that he suffered near-death injuries. Um, does he look nearly dead to you? Nope. This is his day is done here now. He didn't go back out. He didn't go back out. He's claiming he's claiming that he has near... Does that guy look near dead to you? No. Okay. New J6 video contradicts Canelo's claims. Now, remember, he's sentencing people. He's having people sentenced. This guy sleeps like... Making sure he put his mask on. No, he just threw it down. But he's making sure he puts his mask on. He's nearly dead, but he's going to make sure he's got his mask on. He wants to die with his mask on. Again, because it's all one agenda. <laughs> Don't have time to get into that either. But, geez, remember now, this man circled right here, Aquino, Aquino something like that, Gunnell, claim he's putting, people in, he's putting people in prison who would normally be in prison for one year. He's making sure they're in prison for nine years. They're going to be in prison for nine years, making sure they're put in prison for 17 years. Based on his injuries, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. I'm, I'm making up the numbers, but I'm telling you that's what he's doing. Use sentence enhancing. Does he look? There he is, marching right in. He looks perfectly fine. And he claims to have a serious, notice how easily he walked right there. New January 6th uh, 
video uh, contradicts Ganell's claims. Again, they won't release this to one six defendants, uh, defense attorneys, at sentencing hearings. They won't release it, contradicting Ganell's, uh, contradicting his claims of injuries that are putting these people in prison for years more than what they're sentenced to. They won't show it to because why? Why can't people see this? So that's how corrupt it is. Well, somebody's going to, well, who will do anything about it? It's all blue. It all fits the narrative. It all fits the agenda. So why, why would they stop it? Well, why would they stop doing this? Why would they stop sentencing people to years and years in prison who should get nothing more than a fine or nothing at all? Why would they stop doing it if it perpetuates and supports their agenda? They won't. New J6 video contradicts Ganell's claims that protesters inflicted head, there he is, shoulder, hand, and foot injuries so egregious, is what he's testifying to, that he required surgery and medical leave, not to mention mental health trauma. (laughs) In a victim impact statement, there it is, victim impact statement. So people that are being sentenced for crimes against him or maybe just crimes in the area of him, because there's no holds barred when it comes to D.C. Metro uh, to, to, to D.C. courts. They can do anything they want because there's no backstop, nobody to hold them accountable. In victim impact statements, that's what that's a fancy term for is the victim comes forward and says, I was egregiously injured, so that will add more time to the sentence. That's an impact statement. In a victim impact statement made in court in May, Ganell told the judge that he was bleeding from both hands. So let's look. I see none. <laughs> uh, where's the blood hitting the floor? Aaron just testified, had a maimed foot. <laughs> there, That's maimed foot right there. That's a maimed foot? No. He's marching like the Gestapo, which he is. Bleeding from both hands, a maimed foot, hit on the head, sprayed with pepper spray and bear spray. Where? I don't see anything on him. And he has a gas mask on. I don't, I, don't, I don't see any evidence of that. Anybody else? Anybody been sprayed in here with OC spray? Will, have you been? I've been gassed. Will's been, <laughs> Will's been gassed. What were you gassed with? Do you remember what it was? What it was called? Uh, CS gas. CS gas. So he, Will got CS gas. I, was, I, got, I got cap stunned. Um, I can tell you <laughs> that if you, got, if you got cap stunned, OC spray, uh, you're not behaving like that. Uh, you're on the ground, <laughs> writhing in pain, and hoping that somebody will spray water on you. <laughs> you you can't. Yeah, there's no fun. You can't function like that. Uh, he was claimed he was punched, pushed, pulled, and assaulted by many other riders as they try as they as they try to gain entrance. Here he is in this video for several minutes near the body of Roseanne Borland, who they beat to death. One of the four protesters that died, and the Capitol Hill police beat her to death. Refused to render her aid just like they refused to render Ashley Babbitt aid, who they shot through the neck, who had a survival injury, by the way. If they would have allowed the 1-6 protesters who were actually qualified to render aid that were there, she would have survived probably. But no, Roseanne Borland, who they beat to death, at around 4.50 on January 6th, uh, and, and he's not going back out. Now, do I know he's not going back out? Just been full transparency. I don't know. Did something happen after all this? I think we can go by uh, Julie Kelly's timeline that he was done for the day. I'm making that assumption, though. Right. After the protest and violence ended, his hands show no sign of injury, nor does his shoulder as he takes off his gear. His feet seem fine. 
He is seen kicking items out of the area, and his head, which had been protected by a riot helmet, shows no signs of injury either. So everything he said in his victim impact statement, which added years or months or days to people's sentences, which are all bold-faced lies. Imagine going in and lying to add years, months, days, or weeks to people's uh, prison sentences. Can you imagine living with yourself? You're at home right now, and there's a guy in prison because you went in and lied about head injuries, foot injuries, mental trauma. You lied about it. So you're sitting at home watching Thursday night football right now. You're Gunnell. You're home watching football right now. Perfectly at peace knowing that you put people in prison based on your false victim impact statement lies. Not only did Gunnell lie to Congress and federal judges in victim impact statements, he repeatedly lied during media interviews and on social media about his experience. There you go. That's it. Think about it. I'm going to try to figure out a place to end here. I'm going to find an interesting place to end. Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm trying to find something short to end on. I can't find <laughs> anything short. Oh. It's officially 10, so there yeah, you go. I know. It's 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's, the show's kind of over. It is over, but. <laughs> Digging I got to show overtime. you this. Hey, Will, skip, skip way ahead. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this. Can you go to the end wokeness video? I mean, end wokeness video. This is Anas Sawar. Can you, oh, perfect. Let me show you the race hustle. I'll close with the race hustle because it's all part of the agenda. The globalist leftist agenda to leverage you into a one world commerce system using a singular access point. Controlled by them, of course. So let me just show you the race hustle in closing tonight. End wokeness video. This is Anas Sawar. He is the leader of the Scottish Labour Party, which of course means he's leftist. And he, in this video, listened to his claims. Why do top politicians in Scotland openly despise 96% of their population? This is N. Wokeness talking. So here's, here's him saying, uh, who owns political offices? Who owns important positions inside of Scotland? Play it for me. Every chief executive of every council and every government department, white. Every director of a department in Scotland, white. Every principal of a college or university in Scotland, white. Every head teacher in Scotland, white. Every chair of a public sector body in Scotland, white. Every high court judge in Scotland, white. Every present governor in Scotland, white. Every editor of a news organization in Scotland, white. Why? Why are all these people white that are in charge of all of these entities? It's egregious. Why it is, it's, Aaron's flummoxed. Aaron is actually offended right now that all of these people he is. Look at him. He's, he's taken aback. I know. Why is it? I mean, Shocked. how could? Why is every every important position in Scotland held by a white person? How could that be? Um, because let's just. I'll just make up. Who's in charge of education? A white guy. Who's in charge of the military? A white guy. Who's the president? A white guy. Whatever it is. Now the only, the reason why they're white is because they have a ninety six percent chance of being white. <laughs> 96% of Scotland's white. Here's the stats for you. The census, uh, this, uh, 2011 census, Scotland's population was 96% white. A actual decrease, that actually decreased in 2011, from 98% white. <laughs> 91, 92% of the people identified as white. 4.2% of the people identified as Polish, which is white. Irish, which is white. So they're all white. Gypsy, which is white. The population in, in Asian, African, Caribbean, or black or mixed or other ethnic groups doubled to 4%. So 
So if you're wondering why everybody's white, because they have a 96 to 98% chance of being white when they apply for the position. Go, Aaron. But that's his real problem. That's his problem. Right. Is he doesn't want there to be so many white people in Scotland. Right. He wants to bring Muslims right. in they're, and immigrants. Right. And they're trying. They're trying to immigrate. Uh, they're trying to get Gazans into into uh, into uh, Scotland. Scotland right now. Yeah. So uh, can I go another one? Yeah. We good. Okay. Go. Yeah. New York Post. So you got you got something else on there. So all right. So here, I just want to show you the race hustle. Professor fired. New York Post, second largest circulated paper in the, in the United States, second oldest, second oldest paper in the United States. I don't know about circulation. Professor fired for, for faking systemic racism data. Six studies retracted. <laughs> yeah. Stewart here, Florida State University, right here in Florida. Criminology professor expert, Eric Stewart. Stewart was widely cited, was a widely cited scholar with north of 8,500 citations by other research. He was considered so credible that he got 8,500 rewards. And this is the guy fired for faking systemic racism. He was vice president and fellow at the American Society of Criminology. He also uh, he was also a W a, a W E B Du Bois fellow at the National Institute of Justice. So this guy's an expert in criminal justice. The guy, the professor fired for faking systemic ra- racism data. Six studies retracted. Received north of three point five million in grant support from major organizations and taxpayer entities, according to his own resume. Lied about everything, which, by the way, they caught them at the United Nations lying about the entire agenda. So I told you, the entire agenda is to leverage you into a one-world commerce system using pandemics, using CBDC, using social credit system, using vaccine passports, using uh, common passes, green passes, using transgender activism, using homosexual activism, using lawlessness, using the race hustle, all to leverage you into a one-world commerce system. With a single access point. In other words, you can't access anything without your access card, which will end up being a quantum dot tattoo on your right hand or on your forehead. Right now, a QR code on your device. The reason why they want everything to go to digital, the reason why they want everything digital, is so they can shut it off anytime they feel like it. Anytime they feel like it. That's what they want. And that's what all this is about. And if you don't check the right boxes... That singular access point will be closed to you. Closed to you. You don't, you don't agree with the race hustle? Closed to you. You don't agree that a man is a woman or a woman is a man? You're out. You're not allowed access. All right, here, so I just had to show you. Go to the next one for me, Will. So showing you the whole thing here. Black Lives Matter fraudster who organized demo that saw Colston's statue toppled in Bristol who splashed more than... 30,000, uh, more than 30,000 K raised for, from donors to fund her lifestyles, jailed for two and a half years because she's a fraudster. It's all a giant race hustle. Let me show you this last thing. I am, yes, you are, I, I don't even know how to, I am, yes, you are, no. That really good, actually a really good uh, account on Twitter. But I just have to show you this, just an interesting post. More non-Hispanic white sex offenders. This is all, our country's, it, listen, what we need to be is non-race based. You shouldn't think you're superior based on anything, and race should never be used to usher in any agenda at all. It should never be used as an attribute or a detriment. It's just what your pigment level, your 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 melanin content is in your skin. That's it. Doesn't mean anything at all. That's what it should be. But it, but to the left. It is a tactic to leverage in their agenda. 
to manipulate your behavior. They are skewing the statistics to make white people look bad. Let me show you. Go to the next one. But there you go. Let me show you this now. Let me, Texas Public Sex Offender website. Lawson, Law, John King Lawson, right there, <laughs> is listed as white. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Brian O'Neill Shorter. These are all sex offenders. Listed as white. It's fact, by the way. It's pulled right off their website. <laughs> um, Kevin Dansby, he's also white. And Ale- Alexander Oviel is also white. <laughs> this is from the Texas Public Sex Offender website. So, the, where, where, who, and again, the number one threat to America is white supremacist terrorism that doesn't exist. So there's, a, there's racism going on. And the, the greatest threat according to Jonathan Greenblatt from the IDL, to Jewish Americans or Israeli Americans is white supremacist terrorism. Where? <laughs> the only people committing acts of violence against is, uh, Israelis or Jews is Hamas or Palestinians or Islamic, Islamic terrorists or Islamic extremists. Those are the only people committing violence against Jews, not white supremacist terrorists. If there are any, I'll, listen, I'll be as much against white supremacist terrorism as I am against Hamas. It's all stupid. It's all ridiculous. It's all demonic. But, the, but to say that the number one threat to Americans is white supremacist terrorism and we need to protect, as Jonathan, Jonathan Greenblatt says, uh, we need to protect Jewish Americans against white supremacy? Where? Who? What, who is doing it? It's just all lies. All Lies. And the Biden administration has to come out with their basically their Islamic Awareness Month where they're coming up with an agenda to protect Islamic Americans against Islamic Islamophobia. Where is the Islamic Islamophobia? Yeah. Where are the Islamophobia attacks? Where are these acts? Who's committing them? I don't see any videos anywhere. And I look at hundreds of videos per day. Don't see one. It's all lies. All right, 10.09, nine minutes in overtime. Stick around for the post game. Got one Rumble donation tonight. Thank you so much for uh, at, at, at BW. I don't know how to pronounce it, but what do you think, Aaron? Aaron, put yourself think, on. What do you think? I think B. B. Wolliver. B. Wolliver. There you yeah. go. See, that's why, that's why Aaron's there. There you go. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you very much. It's uh, at B-W-O-L-A-V-E-R. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Back here Saturday night. Short show Saturday night, 56 Minutes of Fury. Don't miss it. 10.30 at night, though, also on the Christian Television Network. See you there. God bless you. If you really want happiness, you want peace, you want joy, if you want victory, you want a great marriage, whatever it is that you want, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. And that comes through salvation. That comes through receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, everything else is a waste of time. Okay, well, we win the presidency. Okay, you'll be empty. You will be. It doesn't work. Nothing, nothing works but God. You can fight it all you want. You can waste your whole life. This isn't even the message yet. This is all for free. You can waste your whole life chasing something else. You can. You're not designed for anything but, but to be the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. You'll waste your whole life looking for other things. Nothing works. No guy will work. No girl will work. No thing will work. No job will work. No vacation will work. No destination will work. Nothing. You're not designed for it. 
Again, it's like, it's like running a tractor in a Formula One race. It doesn't work. You can try it. You can be out on the track and participate, but it doesn't work. So I urge you, I urge you, dive into God.